welcome to the Dadvocacy Podcast. I'm Ryan. I am Tristan. And uh, episode five of season two. We are, we're glad to be here with you guys. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're broadcasting now. We have was, to be like <laughs> more professional than what we've been in the past, which is kind of funny because we're now on video. <laughs> so we're uh, thinking getting used to. <laughs> we're, we're giant children. We can't handle this. That's a, that's a thing. And we both have like mild perfectionism when it comes to certain things. So we always have to like look a certain way and the lighting's got to be like setup is not easy. <laughs> no. But yeah. it's worth it, right? You're worth it. We love you guys. We're here for you. That's what matters. We got to make ourselves look somewhat presentable, I guess. Yeah, just a little bit. I got the face for radio. So next time we're going to be in a tux. Dude, that would actually be kind of cool. Super formal tuxedo t-shirts. Oh, that'd be sweet. That'd be totally sweet. Oh my god, I would love that. We are, we are those. We are nerdy as crap. We really are. I would rock a tuxedo t-shirt. I think I had one. No, I had a Superman one. Okay. It I was had a like, Superman t-shirt like, that had the cape thing type of? No cape, but no. mine was like, it was like the shirt and like his hands were ripping it open, you know? Uh-huh. And that's, it was I had great. a Batman one as a kid too. I think I gave mine to Dylan. Pretty cool. It's good stuff. I want an Incredible Hulk one that's like an actual tearaway t-shirt. Would be pretty, but... It'd be fun if there was like a little pads you smacked and I was like, Rawr, Hulk smash, you know? <laughs> I don't know. That'd be entertaining. The Hulkamania shirt. We're gonna... <laughs> oh, like that Hulkamania. That would be awesome. Oh, all right, brother. <laughs> yeah, like that guy. Brother! Yeah, so freaking cool. Poor guy can't even move anymore. I feel bad for him. I, I, I mean, I heard he was actually a really good guy in real life. It wouldn't surprise me. I bet some of those guys are pretty cool. Um, I bet you he banged every one of his maids, but probably a really good guy in real life if you're not married to him. I don't know. Did you ever watch their TV show? The Hogan's or whatever? No. Oh, yeah, I did for a minute. These kids were all jacked. They were. Oh. His son was like so messed up. Could you imagine like a Schwarzenegger one? That would be kind of interesting. Chris Pratt would be in it now, but yeah. No, I, I feel like a, a Schwarzenegger one or a um, or a Sylvester Stallone's. <laughs> Could you imagine Stallone? Stallone would be cool. Well, there's Wahlburgers, but yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, but you can you can understand him. Imagine yeah. Stallone. <laughs> talking yeah. to his brother, be like, yeah, you know. <laughs> and his kids would be like, yeah, we got it. <laughs> That'd be that'd oh, be this so is just weird. making vowel sounds with a weird accent. Meatball. That'd be that'd be so done, so perfect. I think I'd watch it. I would watch. I would I totally watch. I like Stallone. I would I'm, watch I'm a huge He's, Stallone fan. Yeah, his daughter's hot. I didn't know that. His daughter is attractive. I think personally, oh, I'll say I that. Did not know that. I know that his brother Frank is. An interesting guy. I didn't know he had a brother. Yeah. Frank Stallone. You have to look him up in a certain area. Otherwise, you will enter another seedy side of the internet. Okay. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. All right. So then on this side, I say I say we do a reality TV show. All the Baldwins in one house. And they're trapped there for six months. They're not allowed to go out or communicate with anybody besides themselves. Alec wins because he shoots everybody. I feel, well, I feel like... Could Sorry. you imagine the train wreck that would happen? Steven. They'd be so angry at each other. <laughs> Steven all blind looking. So angry. Oh, yeah. <coughs> and then, but then like, wouldn't Bieber have to be involved? Because isn't he dating a bald one? I don't or married know. one or something? No, but it, it, it'd be Steven, Alec, the dad. And uh, isn't there like a Michael? Is there another one? I don't know. There's, Is there's there a another, fat one? There's or a is fat that Steven? Bald. I don't know. Or Alec. <laughs> he's not fat. He's just Alec's fat too. But he's yeah, a... I feel like they're the type of that would sue us for saying something okay, like no, that. Okay, no, no. We do, we do. Here, I got it. All the brothers, the father and Steven Seagal in one house. And Nicolas Cage. Just because. Uh, you know, he's in everything. Okay. He's never going to turn down anything. Nicolas Cage, man. He's in everything. And, but, hey, but man. no scripts. It's got to be straight reality TV. And it's got to be all of them hanging out. Six months straight, they get food delivered, but they can't interact with the people that deliver food. So it's only amongst each other. I want to see how crazy. Oh, my. Oh, dude. Could you imagine how good that would be? be intense. Oh, my gosh. I could see what, too. Like, take, like, let's take the best, like, mob actors or Italian actors. Like, you got, like, okay. Joe Pesci. Ooh. And then you could go, um, who else? You Danny DeVito. Um, you could throw in, well, even he's not really a mob actor, but he just kind of, like, sounds like he would be. Um, <laughs> You throw in like who played uh Pacino, Al Pacino, right? Um, um, what's the one that the dad from uh Meet the Parents? Um, oh, yeah, uh, Christopher Walken. No, 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 he wasn't. No, he'd be parents. great though, he also. would be great to have in there really too. In there, yeah, um, but you could have uh, 
Um, what's his name from? Ah, dude. Okay, okay. but so, you know what I mean. Like yeah. have all those guys, and then just be like, "Hey, you mook!" Like, hey, you know, oh, hey, hey, and they get like the but, guys from but Sopranos. But do they act and, like that in real life? I don't know. See, like that's you, what I'd want to see. You need the intensity to make it happen to make it work right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you have some good ideas. It would be a show I'd watch, dude. Just put all, but they're all old now, so like. All it would be probably just all of them smoking cigars and drinking and then like and watching their old movies and, and like cussing each other out. Yeah. That'd be so funny though. <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like you could call it dirty old men. See, I would actually like to watch a movie of them watching their movies and then tell talking about like the filming. Like what it was like to like some of those movies were incredible. I feel but, like instead of that, you well, okay, I like the idea. But we, De Niro. we, we expound on it, right? Yeah. De Niro's, but he's a nice yeah. guy, right? From yeah. what I hear. Maybe. I don't know. What we do is we take the actors that are known for being just complete schmucks on set, right? Okay. And we have them break down the movie and this filming and everything in the back end. So <laughs> Super critical. Dude, exactly, right? <laughs> okay, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> and, then, and then once that's done, then you play it for all the other people who are yeah. on set. So one thing I did watch that was an awesome watch if you got Amazon Prime. Okay. Kilmer. Haven't seen it. The documentary about Val. Or it's, I think oh, it's Val. Yeah, yeah it, Val. It, but it's, it's, it's awesome. Isn't it him? He filmed everything there? Yeah, and himself. Kept it. Oh, yeah, that's It really is good. awesome. And it's actually, there's some parts it's like super tough because he did lose his brother at a young age, like died, okay. died in a drowning accident. Uh, I've always liked house. Val. And uh, dude, I love Val Kilmer, dude. He was one of my favorite actors because I loved like The Saint. It was I one of my favorite uh, movies so growing it, up. It really, yeah, 100%. I watch it all the time still. Him as Batman was awesome. Yeah. I thought he was a decent Batman. Okay, he was all right. The As movie, a kid, I thought he was way better than Michael Keaton. I'm going to have to solely disagree on that. Really? 100%. You thought Keaton was a good Batman? Keaton is the bomb. What? The bomb. Because he has... I feel like I could beat up Michael Keaton. That's what made him a good Batman. Because he's unsuspecting. Okay. It'd be like, I mean, like... But he's it, not a good Bruce Wayne. I don't know. He's eccentric to the point of, yeah, I could see him a little crazy. Think about how he acts. Think about him in any, any movie. For the most part, he's got a little, uh, just a little crazy on the back end, just a bit. Think about him with Beetlejuice. Okay. Right. Okay. I, I think he's got that. And if your parents are killed in front of your eyes, and then you you admire bats and become the symbol or whatever, right? I think really that that there's a there's a bit going on. Clooney there. was an interesting choice for Batman. I think Clooney had too much of the ER. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> the TV show, but I think if you're, if you're too well refined, you're not a good Batman. Yeah, because ba- I mean, that, that's why Bale was amazing, right? Yep, Bale yeah. was a bomb. Batman. He was a great because he 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 played awesome dark, right? And then when he had to be um, the Bruce Wayne character, he, he could dress himself up and be like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm oh, I'm English. I've Christian got Bale, I will give you is an under in my opinion, a very underrated actor because Dude. look at the roles he has played. He is all I mean, like the crackhead brother. In uh, what's the movie? He's in in Philadelphia. Um, <clears throat> the fighter. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, so dude, like, he's, come on. I hear that he's super intense on set. Oh, I could, I can imagine that. Yeah. Well, have see you that. seen? If you see, if you've ever want to watch a really good movie of his, watch Equilibrium. It's like Fahrenheit four fifty one, except they use injections to remove all emotion, huh. and the fight scenes are effing epic. Huh. Effing epic. I love to it. Watch it. Yeah. Hundred percent do it. There's another movie that I need to watch. It's got, um, oh, there's a lot that Jonah I Hill. Missed. No, Jonah Hill. He plays like, <laughs> um, oh, dude, he's like some like drug kingpin. It's on Netflix. I don't have Netflix, but like I heard about it the other day. I'm like, I want to watch this movie now. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a real true story too. And I can't, oh, we'll look yeah, well, check it out. Somebody sure. let me know in the comments because I'm remembering something and it could be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw a clip. I'm like, I need to see that movie. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, so you were sick. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Got the, I, did, I, did, I don't know if I don't think it was a stomach flu. I think it was just straight up food poisoning. Twenty four hours. It was about. I mean, I about f- that. Ish. I felt tired because I only slept for about an hour and a half that one night on Monday <laughs> night because <laughs> I was projectile vomiting throughout the entire night. Um, it would be it was the horrible one where it's like you're in the bathroom for like. 45 minutes puking, then you sleep for 20 minutes. Yeah, and you do it again. You do it again. I feel like projectile vomiting is very, um, it's the wrong wording for something like that. Unless you have actual chunks of food you didn't digest properly or you didn't chew there on, There was right? some of that. But, I mean, like, I, 
I mean, there wasn't like not like I didn't chew. It was Thai no. chilies. That's, that's what I finally like narrowed it down to because I made homemade pho and it was really good. Mm-hmm. My son didn't get sick. Totally fine. <laughs> we had everything the same except I had Thai chilies in mine. He didn't. That could do it. But yeah, I still feel like projectile vomiting is is not what I want to imagine it being. I want to see like this was forceful, man. It was big. angry. Well, yeah, but it's, it's just vomiting. You want to see like uh, what's the movie? I want projectiles vomiting. That's what I want. Oh. Which is what, like you know you <laughs> what's the the, movie, the really really horrible done movie by the guys that made South Park, uh, Team America. Yeah, where they're all throwing up. Yep. <laughs> right. Like, I want <laughs> I want the intensity behind it. It needs to be that way, right? Because I get the statement. But Firing you know, rockets. <laughs> it's just not as fun. Yeah. Like you need you need projection. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, dude, so yeah, you were no, I'm, I'm recently okay on TV. I was. Because I'm a you, local celebrity now, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, celebrity. I was with Keith. Okay, that's cool. And a good, and a good guy, Dan Berg. I met a new, new guy in this group. That's He's an awesome guy. Super cool Holy guy. guy. Yeah. That's good. Dude, he's awesome. He's a great guy. But So you, there's North Idaho Snow Angels. Yeah, North Idaho Life. Is that your group? It's the one. Keith started it kind of by, I don't know, I was right on board right when we started it though like it was yeah. like hey we're gonna go do he's like do you want to go like shovel snow for people and we can like make this a thing i'm like yeah i'm on board like i've got a snowboard a shovel i can do it and dude it's like now over three thousand people it's gotten intense it's awesome dude it's so cool and so and it's all volunteer that. yeah it's all volunteer just people paying it forward and so did they like Hit you up and say, hey, look, let's interview you, or they just found you? Uh, so the guy from Krem 2 is a station in Spokane that was, did the interview. Okay. Um, hit me up first on, uh, on Facebook. Like, messaged me. He was like, hey, I'm Dave with Krem. Like, I've been keeping an eye on your group, and what you guys have been doing is amazing. Um, can we do a story about it? I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm cool talking to you about it. Like, you know, and like Keith and I run the page. Like, here's Keith's info. Messages Keith yeah, too, and, like, yeah. and yeah, and so like three days later, you know, we shoot the the clip and everything, and the interview. It was it was cool. I mean, what what's awesome in that group though is like just some of the people that I've met through the process of like, you know, shut ins that don't really get out much. And snow and Keith was right in the interview. He like snow keeps people captive in mm-hmm. winter, and they just don't get out much. And especially you throw COVID on top of it and everything else. The, you know, there's a hunger for people to just be feel like that, even if they don't use the opportunity for freedom to get out of the house, uh, absolutely. it presents itself and it has like gives them some sense of hope that I can get outside still if yeah. I, I want to go. Or if there's a health issue and like <clears throat> I need help and I just need to know that the ambulance guy is going to get up my driveway. Um, and, you know, there's some peace and solace in that, too. Um, but I've met, you know, there was a really sweet gal that I talked to last week um, or when it snowed the big snow. Last week, I think ago. it was like last week. Um, but uh, two weeks ago, or early last week, or mid last week, whatever. Um, <coughs> yes, Thursday. Sorry, Wednesday and Thursday. Sorry. Um, but I went and you know got her driveway cleared and her walkway and stuff. And um, I was talking to her and you know I, and she's like, hey, can you get my neighbor too? She's across the street and broke her hip and has been able to get a house last week. And so went and cleared that one too. And I mean, snow was stinking deep in that neighborhood. <laughs> and yeah. uh, luckily, I had my snowblower and, and got it all cleared out. And I went back over and knocked on her door and told her it was all done and she was kind of tearing up and she's like, what do I owe you? I'm like, nothing. Like, just let it be, you know, let it sit. Like, let me give you the blessing. Don't take it from me. And, uh, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm dying cancer and I'm on my, you know, I'm, I'm terminal. Did I be crying hugging her? And did you cry? I almost lost my grandma bit? like a month ago. Did you so, tear up though? Yeah. I got, That's good. I was tearing good. up. Okay. And, uh, and I, and I told her that though, I was like, I lost I was like, you know, and she's like, I'm excited. Cause I know that, there's a finality mm-hmm. and I know that I'm, she, and she, you know, she's a woman of faith and she's like, I know that I'll be reunited with my husband and I'll be in heaven with him. And you know, that's going to be a great thing. And I don't have to deal with this crappy cancer anymore. And, um, that's I was really like, cool. I was like, you know, I lost my grandma to brain cancer a month ago and, um, you know, she was terminal and seeing, you know, if, if somebody did this, I'm just doing this for you because I hope that would be something that somebody would do for my grandma. And, um, and I, and I go, so don't feel like you owe me anything. Just let me have that. Cause I would have done this for her if I lived in the same town. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, I'll be praying for you. And she's like, thank you, dear. She's like, I'll be praying for you. Cause I already know where I'm going. And I'm like, oh. yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> that always feels good too. Yeah. <clears throat> always feels good. Yeah. So there's, a, there's like some, some individuals that I've met, turned into regulars now, whenever it snows, I just automatically just show just up at their it. house and do that's it. cool. And uh, they're just great people. There's some, some awesome folks that I've met. 
but it's yeah so if you want to join and help us we are always looking for volunteers if you're local of course yeah if you're in north idaho if you're not local and you just do it start one yourself man yeah do it (laughs) it's just start paying it forward people love getting on board with it but uh north idaho life snow angels is the page you can join jump on there and um help us out we're looking for people to to jump in and and, you know join us in the uh cold and as Keith says, go home smelling like a goat because <laughs> you do get pretty gross by the end of the day. But yeah, it, and if give what you can, if it's like two houses, do two houses or your neighbor, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, if the elderly neighbor, just go for it. It's all good. But yeah, it's it's been fun. So we uh, we were listening to this TikToky thing, and um, you know, so we wanted to talk about it. We're going to break it down a little bit. It's about men and heartbreak. Okay, right. So I'm going to play it real fast. You can, I'll give you the opportunity to pause to reflect on this. Cause I was the one that found this. I thought and it was interesting. We do. We, I mean, we, we have to break it down a little bit because this is a female perspective perspective on men's heartbreak. Some of it I agree with. There's some parts I'm like, eh, you're reaching a bit, but I get it. It's hard. It's like, if we were, we can't talk to the female perspective at all. Yeah. And we try not to. Right. No, Cause I'm not um, a woman. I don't know. Not even a clue. Right. <laughs> we, we really try not to. Um, so we're not going to, I'm not George Clooney and what women want. So, no, it was Mel Gibson. Or Mel Gibson. That's nah, sorry. Yeah, nah, you're. Right. I bought your. I bought That's your a good movie too. That's an okay movie. No, it's fun too. It's <laughs> totally fun. All right, I'm gonna play this thing. Freaking geez, Ryan. Here we go. Can we talk about when a good man's heart is broken? He will remain single for years later. But why? But why? So yeah, men will do that for sure. I stayed single for a long time. Five plus years for me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't, let's keep playing. Okay. But why? Why? Because society and everyone else in his world, including himself, blames him. And after. Ex- so, okay. Okay. If you're an empath, yes, you're blaming yourself immediately. It was my mm-hmm. fault. I did it wrong. Um, I'm not going to whatever. Right <clears throat> now. Part of the staying single was that. I didn't want to get involved with anybody else because I didn't want to hurt anybody. Bingo. That's exactly why I did it. Exactly. I didn't want and to I had high standards. I didn't yeah. want to like just settle. I didn't want to do it for the sake of being, not being single anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So like you break up with somebody, no matter how it ends, you go, okay, I want something better now. Yeah. Which is how it should be. I want to do better or I don't want to just rebound to somebody and then break their heart and then have a, another traumatic experience. Yeah, I knew I know there's better out there and I'm not willing to just settle for anyone in order until I find that better. Like I, I know yeah. and I know when it presents itself and you know, like it happens. It does. I totally, yeah, it makes sense. So yes, when a relationship ends, typically the man gets blamed. Yeah. No matter what. It does. Because because even even if it was the girl's fault or whatever, usually she's out, you know, yelling about it and you know, exclaiming, and the guys are like, uh, whatever." I'm I kept it pretty buddies. quiet, man. I'm like, I mean, it was. I mean, it, people know my breakup story, but like, I didn't roll. So I didn't go public on Facebook, just absolutely throwing trash. It well, was just I changed my like status to nothing, and kind of let it sit. And people had questions, like, "I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm divorced. Congratulations, for- me." For dudes, though, we don't typically shout it out. No. We don't go, oh, she was crazy and oh, this and that and all those all those things, right? The ones I mean, that do are usually the ones that are in the wrong. It's good. Yeah. Honest. Traditionally, yeah. That's really I it, think though. I'm looking at it now and I'm like, yeah, the guys that do that are usually the schmucks. Well, I mean, but, and usually yeah. they're like young dudes, like super young dudes, right? Yeah. So there's some there's immature, immaturity in it. Absolutely. There's a lot. Yeah. But let, let's keep listening because I think we, we just killed that whole argument. <laughs> yeah. <I'm laughs> Whatever. Sure. We'll start. Okay. okay. Here we go. So here we go. Dancing that much pain and guilt and blame. It takes a long time to want to be able to risk that again. Yep. Can we- okay. So the last part was right. Yeah. Right. And so that was the reason why we did not, let's just mute this so nobody phone calls me, but that, that's <laughs> why we didn't, didn't jump into something else. Yeah. You don't want to cause that pain on anybody else. And you're still, you're still mowing life over. I mean, like sometimes you really want to dig through it as a man. We, we go to our quiet space, right? Well, you and don't want to be kicked when you're down. Well, that's I true mean, too. like, so you want to jump into something else and then say the same thing happens again. You know, like you didn't learn your lesson very well. So here's you to learn it twice. That's the worst feeling is when you have to learn the lesson twice. I think part of it also is that once you go through a breakup, you don't want to deal with being rejected again. Also, that's part of it. That's, I, that's a good there's part. A, there's a kick to the testes that are involved with that. Like, I mean, it's a shot to the manhood at times, yeah. like depending on how secure you are as a person, but 
Um, you know, guys don't want to have to go through like, oh, I got, you know, cheated on, I got cheated on again, or I got broken up with and I got dumped via text message. I got, I mean, she still keep, has all my hoodies. What the, f- you know, yeah, I don't have enough money. Do to buy you really again. want those back? I don't want to buy clothes again. I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, if you're a cheapskate, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's stuff that I'm like, nah, I don't want it back. <coughs> like, it's okay. You can, if you need it that bad, like burn it. I don't care. Keep it, whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I like this girl. I've seen her TikToks because um, she really is there to, to help, you know, women understand men-ish, right? Sure. Um, and she's coming from a good spot. There aren't enough women out there doing that. No. So I totally respect her. I, I think that's great what she's doing. It, Some not everything's right on the money. And guys, when you trying. find them, keep them in your life. Like keep them in your circle. Yeah. Um, you know, and even if they're just friends, like it's okay. I think, you know, we're moving to a place in society. Yeah, you need to have healthy boundaries when you have female friends. And I don't want to go off on a tangent. Yeah. But I think it's healthy to have fe- friends of the opposite sex because you just need to have advocates for you and, and people that are going to speak positivity in your life, no matter how they come. And, and some of the best, like, I mean, you've met Brittany, like one of my best friends, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing there romantically at all, but she's just a good human being, a person I care about, like that has been a huge help in my life. And, and that, that's wonderful to have. Yeah. That's how it should be. Yeah. And then, you, you know, when you end up in a relationship with somebody like that, that it, dude, it changes everything, changes everything. I agree. Like your perspective is kind of like, I don't know. Like it's almost like you have to like pinch yourself that it's really happening because you're you're like stuck in like how she was talking about that, that mindset. Like you're always thinking like, when's the next thing going to let me down? And then it's all of a sudden that that person's like there and they're not letting you down. It's like, Holy Mm -hmm. crap. Like this is, yeah. It doesn't seem like it's logical. It makes sense. You're like Mm -hmm. waiting for it. But then if you're waiting for it, you're almost ruining it because you're not actually accepting what's happening. Yep. And you're, you're just building that prophecy up. Yeah. Make it happen. You, yeah. don't, you don't want to do that. Doesn't feel good at all. What was it? Episode five. Yeah. We're going back to the well. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, so it's interesting. Um, I do really like that, that women are standing up for men now. I think it's amazing. I've seen a lot more. Um, and especially like we've talked about in the last few episodes about the father's rights movement, how there's more women getting involved. And uh, well, I mean, the, the majority of that page is women that are wives are of men getting or girlfriends or girlfriends yeah. or new wives of, of, of men that had that and are seeing it and are like, what in the hell is going on? And are recognizing these awful humans on the other side. It, yeah. And it could be good, go both ways. So don't, don't get me wrong there, but it's true. It's crazy. It is crazy. And not to steal what Ken said about, I mean, he used the term captain save or something. And <laughs> there's guys that defend the other side too. And, you know, sometimes you're like, ah, I mean, what's the logic in behind that? But yeah, no, I mean, when you really look at the grand scheme of things and and you see the deck is literally stacked and you, if you've been in it with anybody that's been through the legal system, especially family court. Oh man. It, if you've been with a guy and guys, you understand if you're listening, like you get it women that if you've been with a guy or you've seen a dad or a brother or whatever, they've gone through it too, or boyfriend or husband or you know, whoever yeah. it, the, it's unfair. And the things that bleed out from it too, you'll find out so much just gross stuff about what people do. Like in order to turn the courts in their favor, or turn kids in their favor. And, and we'll talk about it here in a minute. Cause some of the stuff is like, just, it sucks. Cause you read about it and you're like, what in the heck is wrong with these people? Well, and there are but, some people who don't even recognize this. Yeah. That's, that's part of the struggle too. Yeah. There's people that do this and don't even understand what they're doing is, potentially extremely harmful to their children. Do you want me to move the gun? No, I was is just like poking you. It was like poking me in the side. I was making sure. Hey, that Ryan, like, is there a gun in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> like an Ace Ventura there. Yeah. I was going to say, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> what a classic movie. What a classic movie. You ever seen the Mr. Bean scene in the Bean movie? He's like walking to the airport and he like sees a cop and he's like, like puts the mm-hmm. finger gun in his and then like pin him to the ground and he's like, put the gun down. He's like, Mr. Bean's incredible. <laughs> yeah, he really is too. It was an underrated comedy. Rowan Atkins. I mean, I, I used to, I watched black adder back in the day. I watched uh-huh. all of his stuff, dude. I loved Rowan Atkins. Just is it Atkins or Atkinson. It's Atkins. Is it? Yeah. He's this, a funny guy. He really is. Just, just an incredible personality and actually a really intelligent guy. He said a lot of really, really good things out there. Him and John Cleese. I love John Cleese. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 
I agree. I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. Two British guys that are like pretty mm-hmm. funny dudes. So let's talk about, Sorry, <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> so let's trying. talk about um, stability through the chaos. Yeah. And we all know divorcing, separation, whatever, two parent households. There's a lot of chaos. There is uh, blended families, separated families. You know, there's a lot of just, you know, newly formed families that, yeah, there, there's a lot of dissonance it, that happens. It's a tough situation. It, it really is. And, and, you know, you're always trying to, people have a tendency to, especially parents, they want their kid to agree with them yep. or they want their kid to love them or they take the sense that if their kid likes them, it means their kid loves them. That's, what they that's assume. dangerous. Yeah, that totally. It's awful. Yeah, because that's not necessarily true. Your kid's going to love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. You don't need your kid to like you in the sense of they have to agree with everything you say and be like, oh, yeah, uh, I totally agree. Like, you know, that doesn't need to take place for your kid to love you. It's just like management. If if your people are happy all the time, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not pushing them to grow. No, this is not the opportunity to get uncomfortable. And, and I'm not saying go push your kids, like, but we talk about like, let them do hard things. Yeah. Go let them do hard things. Yeah. But your kid doesn't have to agree with you 24 seven, especially as they get older. They're not always going to agree with you in certain things. That's okay. You're not always going to agree with them as they get older. Like they may take certain political beliefs that you're like, yeah, I'm no fault. You still going to love them. Mm-hmm. Always. I mean, yeah. And so like, that's where some of this starts to get rooted is like, at a young age, some people constantly are changing their beliefs or self-isolating or oversharing or withdrawing physically in order to get this sense of like need from their children. It's pretty gross. It's, um, it's interesting to think about because you, you never know if it's intentional or accidental. Yeah. That's the bigger concern, right? Um, if you're intentionally doing these things, if you're intentionally um, pushing the envelope. That's wrong. If, so you're, if you're emotionally setting your kids up, to make them feel guilty 24 seven. That's wrong. Especially, or if you withhold, because a kid's main love language is going to be touch yep. as they grow. Right. And then all of a sudden you withhold affection. So they start to ask you for affection. So you feel the affirmation and the affection that you're providing is good. Yeah. That's sick. It's you manipulating them to get your emotional needs met. Yes. That's not what it's about. That is not what being a parent is all about. I'm sorry. Kids are going to let you down a lot. You're going to wipe a lot. of. I mean, that first hate and you're going to be, it's going to kill you. you. Like, (laughs) Oh, really? Sorry. I love you. I'm going to love you through the hate. Okay. Say that you're going to get used to it. It's really Um, interesting to think about this whole subject that when people act this way, because you really don't know if it's accidental or if it's on purpose. Because there is a lot of moms out there that withdraw just so their kids reach out and it gives the mom a sense of worth. Mm-hmm. And then some withdraw because of postpartum depression. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if there's like a statute of limitations on that. I really don't. Postpartum? Do yeah. It's got to wear out at some time, man. Cause the chemical, the balance, the hormonal imbalance that causes it too is it's not permanent. Well, <laughs> <to an> extent, <coughs> I'm sorry. But, we got a little dry coffee. But I, I do <clears throat> think that like, so, okay. So is postpartum actual, the chemical imbalance or is it that the, the mother or the mom goes, I'm not the center of attention anymore. That too. You're not having people come up going, oh, you're glowing. Yeah. Or you're my wife and I, everything is you. Yeah. So you're no, my you've everything. You've been up until 3 a.m. breastfeeding a sick, colicky baby. And you wake up at, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning and you may not look the best. And now the focus is on baby. Yeah. And it's going to be for a long time. And you realize it's not about me anymore. Right. And so is that postpartum depression? Is, is that all tied together? Like, okay, I can see there's that's a not necessarily imbalance. depression. That ends up becoming like almost a personality disorder. But is but, that, isn't that depression? I'm depressed because it's not about me anymore. And it doesn't make you a narcissist. It just means that you're not, you're, you're focusing all your hundred yeah. percent of attention on this child. Right. So now you can't even take care of yourself anymore and, and have that refill. But then there is the, there's no the time women that they get postpartum so deep and then it becomes like a self harm aspect. There's, Dude, this is a crazy topic. If you think is, about it, I mean, there's, there's it really so is. much. And we're not professionals it. by any stretch when it comes to PPD. Like, we're just we're just slapping spaghetti in a wall and seeing what <laughs> sticks right now is all we're doing. Based on what we've encountered, what we're kind of talking about, but like, but which is limited. But I so mean, yeah. the hardest thing you can do in your life though is go. It's not about me anymore. It's about something else. And so, like, let's take the the, the father aspect. Like, where would we see this in dads? Where is there a dad constantly changing things? Maybe it's 
where they live. Maybe it's what they do for work. Maybe it's who they date and whom they have around Um, self-isolating. Maybe it's the dad that maybe becomes an alcoholic or goes to the gym all the time and becomes totally self-absorbed and ignores their kids' needs by looking at themselves first. (coughs) I dry cough. Um, That's what we have. You know, the withdrawing physically and from a dad, I think, you know, some dads do that. They get uncomfortable because this, as situations get messy and maybe it's how they were raised. If they weren't raised in a house of love a lot and like with a lot of affection and you go through a tough time, that's the first thing that goes away from a, from a dad that's wounded. Oh my gosh. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. And so, you know, if a dad withdraws <clears throat> to see if a kid has a sense of worth, maybe it's not necessarily a dad withdraws. Maybe if he just not, and not withdraws from kids, maybe he just withdraws from society. Or maybe he withdraws from things that he once loved doing. Many, many, many different ways. We, we go into our cave. Yeah. I mean, like how many people do you know that go through a breakup or whatever, and now they end up just hiding and there's a, in bed all the time. We talked about that. There's too. an episode of Letter Kenny about this. When, when he found out, Wayne found out that his uh, girlfriend that he was going to propose to was cheating on him. And Dude, he went into the end of a season. And, yeah. And he went into his little shed and he was watching that old crappy like sitcom throughout the entire episode. I think he went ice fishing, didn't he? No, he was in like an ice fishing shack, but yeah. it, like out behind his house. The sushi shack is what they turn into. Yeah. So to trap the Canadians. Yeah. No, not the Canadians. To trap the, the uh, French Canadians. The, yeah, it yeah. was the French Canadians. Yeah. Freaking. <laughs> I love that show. Gosh, I love that show. It's so, Letter Kenny's amazing. If any of you guys know, but, no, but like watch, you talk about going to the cave, like that's exactly, he goes into like this little thing and all he does is drink his, you know, drink his beers yep. and like watches this old sitcom and that was it. And then, like, once he gets to the season, he's supposed to be better. And, like, he just comes out and everything's normal again. That's like. But that's, that's how men deal with it. We, we, we yeah. kind of, we repress. Is that we, how men should deal we, with it? I don't know. Because, like, are we, are we repressing it or are we digesting it at that time? I think, I mean, it depends on how you handle, like. Sometimes you got to eat your meal in silence. Like, right? Yeah. I mean, I get, when I get, like, really mad or really upset or disappointed, yeah, I go quiet. Yeah, I, I get loud and boisterous and start screaming. It's like, no, give me, give me some time. I'm time out. <laughs> like, let me think about this one. Um, but yeah, so if you, you know, the other part that like we kind of hit it on, but it was like focusing on vanity instead of a child's emotional needs. Like you're worried on how you appear as a parent rather than how you're actually parenting. Yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> That's a deep statement. Sorry, but it, no, it, like, <laughs> it's, it's so obvious, right? Like, yeah. What do you say to that point? Stop focusing on you as a parent and start parenting. Yeah. Don't worry about how you look to other people in your parenting. Worry about how your kid is reacting to your parenting. Worry about what stimuli you are giving to your child to literally it's changing them. It might be changing their mental health. It might be changing their physical health. It might be changing their friends at school. Your, your influence is extremely huge and broad on your child's life, especially in the developmental stages. Mm -hmm. And so as you go through this chaos and you start to all of a sudden become completely and totally different or completely and totally self-absorbed, your child is going to absorb that and going to exhibit it in different ways. It may show up as anger. It may show up as all of a sudden having risky behavior. It might show up as like an inability to like have, you know, normal friendships or healthy friendships. It's going to show up in a bunch of different ways because of this unhealthiness. Did you going to create um, a very big fond response from your child when they get older? They're not going to be able to say no to anybody. They're not going to want to express their opinions because they don't want to challenge anything. They, you're going to, you're going to create these little I hate, or hate sheep. I hate saying it. Or you create the opposite. You create these little woke minions. Like if you carry all these. Just ex- jumping on board. Yes. Jumping on board. Of it yes. Feel good. Yes. Yep. It's like they hear these hot button issues and then all of a sudden they're on board with it because they want to be part of something that appears to be moving in a direction that might be positive, even though the connotations and the motivations behind it are completely and totally negative. Well, dude, I mean, they're, they're just, they're trying to be accepted because they yeah. didn't feel accepted by you because you were too busy being a Facebook parent, posting all these amazing pictures of your happy family, but that's not even remotely close. Yeah. Or you could be emotionally abusing your kid and you don't even know it because of the conversations that you're willing to have with them without setting boundaries. Yeah. You're oversharing your, um, when, a, when a parent takes their child from a child and moves them to the friend zone, it's horribly awful, especially when they involve the other parent. 
You, so like you're in a separated household and now all of a sudden you're like pitting one parent against the other. You're talking to your kid openly about the faults and the fallacies in that other parent. That is dude, that is deadly. It's and it's illegal. I'm sorry, but it's illegal. I mean, it's you're you can't control it. That's a hard part, right? Clearly we can't control that. But a parent has to recognize it, dude, I should not be saying these things. Yeah. My my child should not be considering how I feel about my ex, that, that shouldn't even be part of it. Like even remotely. That's their parent. Should you be making a child hate their own parent? That's a big no. doesn't matter how you feel about anybody else. You should never, that should never be your goal. You should never be posting anything that your child will eventually see to make them loathe their, their parent. My mom, no matter what, never said anything bad about my dad. No matter your, what, your mom's a cold heartless, you know, whatever your dad's a bully, your dad's whatever. I mean, kids hear this stuff and they internalize it. Guess what? And it's going to seep out on the other parent. And in that relationship, they're like, you want that. You want the best for your child, right? Yeah. Well, why not? Why can't you encourage the positive angles of that relationship? And hopefully it builds that relationship. That's going to make a better child. Absolutely. That's what I, I struggle. So like, and that's, that's called parental alienation, by the way. Like yep. when you start <clears throat> pitting your kid against the other parent by taking your problems on them, that's parental alienation. It's illegal. It's, and it, sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's unintentional because we just get frustrated with each other. Dude. Absolutely. I mean, you, you might, you might be worried about stressing about bills and having to pay child support or whatever. And you might just unload in your kid in an accident, on yeah. accident. You don't mean to, because you're like, Oh, I'm just, just telling them. And hopefully they understand why I can't afford certain things. And then it just, you vomit it all out. You're puking it all up. And now your kid takes it on. They're like, oh my gosh. But you know what? If that happens, you know what you should, the first thing you should do is apologize to your child and say, you know what? I had no business saying that to you. That's an adult thing that you don't understand the concept of at this time. And it's beyond that. It's something that you shouldn't have to hear anyways. Children should not hold the burden of what their parents have to deal with. No, they're not built for it. They're not built for it. They're not built to carry that. They don't have the emotional maturity and they don't have, and that's just not even the right place. Get a counselor, get a best friend. Let's, let's don't kind turn of, your child into your best friend and hope they're going to fix your issues. Let's touch base on the oversharing piece. Um, and this is a topic that you and I, it's really tough to even discuss because the reality is, is that if you don't set boundaries, you overshare. Yeah. When you overshare, <clears throat> you lead to an emotional molestation. And emotional right? incest, yeah. Yeah, and, and incest in that side. And emotional incest is a real thing. You can Google it, check it out. And it, it really, you you start, gosh, it's tough to talk about. You start unloading everything. And it could be, I'm having issues with your mom. This could be happening in a, in a good relationship also where the father unloads on the daughter and goes, Hey, now I'm putting everything on you. I should be giving to my, your, your mother. I'm going to give to you. Right. I know a good friend of ours. You'll probably know exactly who I'm talking about. When I talk about the story, you know, goes through a divorce and his wife, his ex-wife is talking to his oldest daughter about the men that she slept with. And they're starting to talk about those relationships. What the And then comparing that man that she was with to that child's father. I, um, I don't have words. That's sick. I, I don't have words for that. Your child should think of you and sex and make him want to vomit. That should, I mean, that that's, that's, that's classic. I understand as you get older, you should you understand that adult. Hey, guess what? How you came into this world. Yeah, but it should go throughout. <laughs> It should always gross you yeah, out. Yeah. I mean, you should, you should go, you know, I accept the fact that my parents do this, but it should totally gross you out. You should not be on a level where you're like, that's super great, mom. I'm glad you 69. <laughs> right? Like what in the actual. I know. But like, no. And it, it, like, this is the part about it though. Like when you start crossing those boundaries with what you talk about, you're going to now set up you, what you are doing is you are unknowingly planting seeds in that child's mind. Yep. They're making like, it okay. They're making it okay. You're slowly promiscuity is gro- okay. You're slowly grooming them, also to anything else you can do. So, and you might not intentionally be grooming them, but you're doing it because you're making it okay. Mm-hmm. 
right? So once you have that emotional incest happening and you're building that relationship and you're unloading and you're, you're developing, you know, whatever. So you so there's no boundaries anymore. Now your child goes, Oh, it's okay. So soon enough, it can lead to physical touching. Oh, it's okay because we don't have boundaries anymore. And now it's either father to the mother, mother to the, or father to the daughter, um, mother to the son, whatever. Right. Or it's, I'm hanging out with uncle Jack and uncle Jack came in on, on, in town on a horse. I'm going to help Jack off the horse. It's a a bad joke. I know. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're talking about. So now your daughter or whatever is okay with being, we're not trying to, we're not trying to joke around, but I mean, this is a serious subject and like, we're trying to make it light a little bit, but I mean like now you're, now your kid's okay with, well, there's no bad reason. We talked about sexual stuff with my mom and whatever. I can talk to my uncle or I can talk to my brother or I can talk to my stepbrother and I'm doing laundry. You know, There's all these issues. Do you see how it opens up? Well, the, it, opens the up it opens up like this, this thought product pattern because you know what the number one searched like porn category is. Yes. Incest. Yep. It comes from somewhere. West Virginia. Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> ding, 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 Roll ding. Roll tide. Um, nice. Oh, same page. Um, we are horrible people. No, no but, but like, it really does come from somewhere, and they're, and they're making it more and more and more okay. You're building these connections. You start connecting dots to familial, familial relationships. Start towing the line with the sexual desire. Familial is a really tough word to say, by the way. It is. I think I tried like three times. I know. I was like, I was like familiar. No, you're like familiar. familial. Oh, yeah. Familial. The family. Familia. Yeah. Yeah. Familial. Yes. Um, familial. But, you know, so like it's, yeah, this is a, a heavy subject that we're touching on. But like there's so, it's so deep in the connections and it's, it's it, got to freaking stop. It, it really, really has to. It's, but it needs to be talked about because nobody's putting these things together. Well, because the worst part's going to be is like now when you're planting the seed of your kid, like, let's go back to, I need my kid to feel a certain way. So I get the affirmation that they need me. What happens when that kid's not around you and he needs to, he th- that he or she thinks that you have to be there in order for them to calm down. Oh, good Lord. Now they're at school. They're having a rough day at school. They fought so-and-so and, or they didn't get their way or whatever. And now they're sitting there at school and now they have to say, I can't calm down unless I get mom or I get dad. How do you think that's going to affect their, their work life? How do you think it's going to affect their love life if they're ever married? Dude, how do you think that's going to affect their interaction with the police if they ever get pulled over? Dude, they're going to be a wreck and they're going to be in prison, dude. I'm telling you right now. Holy crap. Like, it's amazing how when we set good boundaries as parents, how it affects the rest of a child's life. And when we don't have boundaries, you get, you get the, the kids that get shot breaking into somebody's house. And then the parents are like, well, you shouldn't have been shot. It was only breaking into your house to steal your stuff or murder you. Yeah. What do you mean? Should, okay. Here's, here's, I was thinking about this, right? I'm in the shower. That's where most men do all their thinking. Or on the toilet. Well, and, and me, it's in the shower, right? Got music going. And I'm thinking like, okay, <clears throat> I want to put perspective out there, right? Okay. Um, if someone is going to steal my car, I will absolutely put them in the ground. Okay. And it sounds horrible because people go, well, is your stuff worth that person's life? And I go, that no, person. No, my family's security is though. Well, well no, but, but I think about it and I go like this. <laughs> is that stuff worth that person's life? Let's say I bought my charger brand new and it was 50 plus thousand dollars. And I only make, let, let's say I make 20 bucks an hour, right? Takes now, a long time. I mean, that's a how, lot of. So how much with financing? What do you, what do you think it would cost grand total financing? 65 on the charger after your taxes Roughly. and then insurance. I'm going to call it 65 to make it an easy number. Yeah. Oh, and, your, and your warranty. Yeah. 60, 62, 65,000. Yeah. We'll go 65, right? Okay. Round number. Divide that by $20 an hour, right? 3,250 hours. Divide that by 24. Is that, I did that wrong, didn't I? Mm-hmm. What the hell's wrong with my math right now? Why is my $65,000 divided by 20 bucks an hour, right? Sure. That's 3,250 hours. If I divide that by 20, that's the math is still wrong. Well, it's 32. Yeah. I mean, 3250 times 20 is going to be 65,000. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's th- that's how many hours you had to work. Okay. Divide that by 24, that's how many days, right? Yeah. Divide that by 24 is how many days? That doesn't... 135 and a half Solid days, days straight, right? Divide that by eight. Yeah, Because you only work eight hours a day, right? Divide it by eight. Is that right? No, you're going to have to multiply that by Oh, yeah, eight. right. Yeah. Times eight equals that. Times... Is that right? Times eight? Yep. 1,083 days. Third divided by 365. Three years. That's three years. So pay for that car. three years of your life. No, this is three years of your every life. Every day, working every single day, like seven days a week. Eight hours a day, right? Three years of your life. So Thanks for joining us on Crappy Math. Yeah. Tristan and Ryan. <laughs> Somebody probably had an easier Clearly way Clearly, we're not geniuses. <laughs> but, I took my shoes off to but, count that but one. But I go, I go, okay, <laughs> if somebody's going to rob me of my car, something that I've spent three years of my life, right? Yeah. Now I now now you have to go. Is his life worth three years of your life? Somebody's still going to make the argument. It's just stuff. I know, they're, and they're going to make the argument. But no, it's not just stuff. That was three years of my life. Absolutely, I'm not giving up one year. Of my, I'm not going to give up one day of my life for somebody, right? That's going to be actually more than three years because you're not working seven days in a row for three years, no, right? Right. But yeah. but you have to think about it. If your son comes to rob me, he's already going. I want this more than this other guy. When I've already given three years of my life, I've literally three years of my life has, have gone into that. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't want it more than I do. Cause I've put in three years. You want one day of it or 15 minutes of it. I'm going to put a bullet in your head and it sounds horrible, but it's absolutely true. You, you come here to rob me. Then you've already said my life is worth that. Well, much. not only is he, if he's robbing you a gunpoint, he's willing to also say, I hear for your stuff. And your life doesn't matter. Yeah. So if any child ever, I mean, and I taught my kids this, look, you play stupid games, you get stupid outcomes. Yeah. If you decide to rob somebody, you're already going, look, I've decided that 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 I'm robbing is worth my life because if they take it, I've already accepted this. Well, and I, I mean, you could play the, the card of you're willing to do, take this ground of, of the opening the door for these inappropriate relationships to be built. And if your choices, because you have a lack of boundaries, comes into play with my child's well-being. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I I don't want to go there in that conversation. Yeah. You're going to see me turn into a very I'll awful. be that dad in Spokane. Yeah. That's that's who I will become. And now if you know who we're talking about, they found a car with a body in the trunk. The guy had been missing for 145 days. Mhm. Cuz he Turned out this guy's daughter into sex trafficking. Dude, you will never find that. Body this guy, again. this guy is in prison, but I'm hoping that he is even a very light sentence. Legitimately, dude, if it was me, um, they, they would never find that child again. You would, yeah. I, there are too many mine shafts in Northern Idaho. You will never find that person again. Ever. Lake, Lake Pondere is really deep. It is really freaking deep. And you're just going to st- the the U.S. Navy testing a submarine will not find you. will not find you. No, that, I mean, <laughs> we would do not play games with my kids. Yeah, I have a special skill set. No, I'm not saying I'm going to go do too. Yeah, and I'm not saying like, hey, we're actively seeking to go commit crimes. But I'm saying like, as parents, there are people out there that are willing to like. How far will they be pushed because of somebody's lack of boundaries? Well, I mean, the reality and, is, and is I'm it, not like playing that game where I'm going to go like, I'm no, 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 no. I'm saying like. This is just the reality of the world that we live in, right? The truth, though, is that you have to think that if you don't set boundaries for your children, they're not going to have boundaries that they'll set either. Maybe that's who they are. That well, I'm that's not- what I'm getting at. It's like maybe the kid that you didn't teach boundaries all of a sudden becomes so jacked up that they're that dude that thinks that it's okay to sell a girl into sex trafficking. You want your kid to live a long life? Teach them boundaries. Yeah. You want them to love you? Teach them boundaries. Kids want boundaries. Yeah. How many times do we have to talk about that? The kids that don't have boundaries turn out to be. They get all sorts of jacked up emotions that they don't know how to process. And so like, you know, if, so if you're the parent and they're the child, you have to understand that you are the parent. They are the child. They don't have the ability to fix your problems or carry your problems, especially if it involves the other person that you chose to have that child with. That's not their job. Leave them the heck out of it. Let them love you both and let them think that it's all sunshine and rainbows. Even though it may not be, let that, let that be the only thought in their head. That's all that should matter to them. 
So like, you know, talk about emotional maturity versus emotional age. You got to be able to tell that like kids don't have either. I feel like we got intense real fast. We did. Holy crap. But this is a, this is a passionate episode. <laughs> I think that like, cause we're seeing it in the society that we're in today. We're seeing it more and more and it's, it's happening in front of our eyes. And so like, you know, what, when does conversation cross into emotional incest? When does an innocent conversation all of a sudden start becoming emotional incest or manipulation? If, if you're having a conversation with your child that you know should be happening with your best friend, that's where you stop. Mm-hmm. That, that's got to be it, right? Just imagine this. If the conversation you're having with your child was recorded and then replayed in the court of law. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> if you had a conversation with your child and you replayed it back in front of your parents... Hopefully you have good parents, right? How about your ex's parents? Your pastor? I still say the judge. Yeah, that's true. You're right. <laughs> you know, if you don't want that recording played in court, don't say it. It's easy. Just, that's easy. Your kids are your kids. They can't be your friend until they're over 18. Yeah. Leave it at that. Over 18. Now, they're going to get more lenient. You're going to have more fun with them. It's going to be all good. But until they're over 18 or out of your house, you have to treat them like a child because that's how you love them. Yeah, but don't have the same conversation. Even if they're 27, don't talk crap about their dad. Well, I agree. Well, I mean, you, you can you can enlighten <laughs> you them. Can go, you can be honest about things like that were adult subjects. You Absolutely. can be honest about yep. And you totally can. There will come a time where that conversation will take place. And it's okay at that point. But you just have to know that your child is emotionally mature enough to handle that. Yeah. You know, so like where does... You know, is there a wrong time to say the right thing? Because <laughs> you could have the greatest of intentions and still have, that's still not the place. That's still not the time. It's, but it's just, yeah, I mean, there is no good answer for this one. And there really is no real answer. I don't know. Because it's hard. Yeah. That's a really deep you question. Have I know. To know. I'm glad I put it in there. but I think it's great. No, I mean, <laughs> but you really have to know when your child is ready. So the easiest answer is just don't have that conversation. Pretty simple. Or if your child brings it up, then they're yeah. ready for that conversation. That's a great time. Or you can, if the child <laughs> brings it up, you still have to be cognizant of like, what are they able to process? What, what are they able to understand in this? Cause you have an eight year old ask you, why, why are you and mom not together? And he's not ready yet. No. For the real answer. And you can say mommy and daddy didn't get along. Yeah. They understand that. So you have to put it in, in those terms for them. But it just. Mom, why do I see you more than I see dad? Or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I've had this conversation I've with my it. boys. Because there are rules that are in place. The states, that's where we are right now. And so I have to follow him. I have to do a really good job of making sure that I follow him. So does your mom. Yep. And leave it at that. It's tough. I mean, there's no. That's a hard conversation. There's no good answer. That's a hard conversation. And they don't understand, well, who made the rules? Yeah. Wow. You know, it's like, well, then the, the court, there's a judge who's in charge of everything, and they set what's okay and what isn't okay. This is what they set in place. Well, why? It's something that you'll have to talk to your other parent about later or or i can tell you later on when you're older because daddy loves you so much that i don't he, want you to think negatively about your other parents so i'm not going to tell you that story. but I would, I would leave that out also. I, I, that's he that toes you know, the line right that, and it's really, a hard it conversation does. to have yeah because i mean you you want to go look you know in what? my mind i'm saying i love you so much that i don't want you to have to worry about that right now that's and not that, your burden to that's carry. exactly what it is it's not your burden to carry gosh Silence. So you, where does it start? You get a process. It. I mean, you, yeah. So where do we start with this? Like, where does where does the boundaries begin? It begins in your conversations. You just you gotta know. Our words are powerful. Did you kiss your kid in the lips? No, I kiss him on the forehead and I kiss him on the cheek. That's I I've never been one of those. I kiss him on the top of the head. I've never been one of those dads that kissed my kids in the lips. And I know there's, I've never been kissed on the lips by my parents. I, I have family members that have done that and I, they're great, amazing people, but I'm just like, I don't. And I know you can separate sexual kissing from whatever kissing. Mm-hmm. I get that. I just, uh, I don't, I, I think have. it's, I think it's nasty. 
Uh-huh. If, you, if you're out there doing I it, it's, it's okay. Ba- I think it's flirt with the boundary. That's just me, but I don't it's, know, call me old school. It's, no, it's tone of line, but I mean, like, if you do it and you do it and, you know, the, you, of course you mean it in a loving way, I totally understand that. I get it because, like I said, yeah. I have family members that do it, and I know they don't do it for any crazy, weird, gross reasons, right? Sure. I just, I don't know. I, I've seen my kids eat all sorts of crazy things, and I've seen other kids eat do they pick boogers. Their, they eat their boogers and, 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 like, lick what the dog eats and, and like, eat, dude. Eat their scabs. <laughs> dude. They come home and they've been like, you know, grabbing everybody's like shoes. And then all of a sudden, like, here, let me put my hand in my mouth. And now kiss me. I know how often my kids brush their teeth and other kids brush their teeth. And I, I I just have, I get weirded out by it because it's like, I don't, you you don't kiss kids, right? Like you don't kiss them on the lips. Like, I don't know. I don't know what other people, other kids are kissing. I don't want herpes. See, that's the thing is like, say you as an adult, like, I don't know. Maybe like you don't like. It's gonna be weird. Like, yeah, you don't want to give your kid a cold sore either. Like, if if I have a relative that tries to kiss my kid lips and they've got a raging cold sore, I'm gonna be like, nah, hold on. <laughs> it's really to each his own. I'm, I'm gonna say my parenting style is not that way. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna say that. my parenting like, style. You is not that my, way. You're not giving my kid herpes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't kiss my kid in the lips. I will murder you in your sleep. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> just I'm, I'm um, not that parent. Well, like I'll just say, like Owen was like leaving school today, and one of the girls in his class came up and gave him a hug and gave him an extra long hug today. Dang. I was like, I was like, well, hi, like okay, uh, hi. And then her dad was standing right next to him, like, do I need to introduce myself to you? Like I don't know how this works. <laughs> I got my first kiss, um, in first grade. She was a little brunette haired girl. It was always the brunettes. We were, man, she, she had great eyes. <laughs> if, I can, if I can remember, that's awful to say. She, had, she was so, so I, No, I don't know. I was, I was in first, like first grade. I hope that's all you know. We were, we were, we were sitting Sorry. under, there was like a bench or something. We were sitting underneath the kitchen window of her mother's house. There was a bench. I remember the, the, plants above us and the there was rhubarb i remember there was rhubarb i was ate i ate all the rhubarb i loved rhubarb and she gave me a kiss and that started the kissing oh and then everybody started kissing and in elementary school in first grade girls kissed me on the playground and i turned into a slut I that's where we're gonna end the episode. Tristan Tristan didn't have boundaries. <laughs> I had this fantastic story about not wearing underwear and going to the swimming pool. Then maybe I'll express one day. Oh my gosh. Uh, junior high? No. Oh. Second, third grade? Oh. You're still kind of figuring out what's going on. You're like, eh. Oh, man. Okay. I was a we're free man. There. I was a free man. It's, uh, you were a free man? Don't look at me any different, people. I swear I'm a good Listen person. Listen to Tom Petty. <laughs> free falling? Yeah. I was a fun little kid, I guess. My mom loved it. I don't know. She had to deal with all the other parents. And on that note. Matt, you don't know what yeah, other complaints she had about you. Like, your son, he's just so dude, forcefully kissing everybody. No, it was never that. It was. I know. I was a ladies' man. I, I had my bottle of Chianti. I walked around. I the Cavatier. Yeah. Ooh, with a lady. With a lady. Cavat. Come and let me take a picture. Leon Phelps. Oh, I love that movie, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, with this whole conversation about boundaries, like, when does where where do we begin as parents? We've got to be cognizant in our, in our conversations. Our words are extremely powerful. And, you know, what we're talking about, we have to be aware of the subject matter. Like, is it appropriate for our kids of, like, should we be talking to them about this? Like, should I be yeah. talking to my friend about this? Should I be treating my child this way? And that's the question. And if should, you're doing it, stop. Should I be treating my child yeah. this way? Yeah. Keyword. Because it's abuse. It is. It's a, it's absolutely abuse. But yeah. So. There's, a, we, there's no real good answers for this. We we just, it's, it's all about knowing your limit and where you shouldn't go. And that's what makes this whole conversation tough because there is no answer. No. You just... Be a good parent. Yeah. No, and, and love your kids, man. And love, love is not like, you don't have to be liked by your kids in order for you to love them in return. I agree. Yeah. At all. 
you know, like you can love them. They, you're going to have teenage kids. They're going to regret, like they're going to be embarrassed by you and you're going to soak it up every second of it and make it just miserable for them. Gotcha. I love it. <laughs> you're not there yet, but I flip. I love loved it, it when I, I was in the school system I though. And I would it. see dads like outside embarrassing their kid, the daughters on Valentine's day. I thought it was the funniest thing and the best thing ever. I thought it's it was so awesome. Dude. It's so amazing. Yeah. It just so, makes you feel good. You know, like it, it's great. Yeah. So for uh, the dad, because he podcast, I'm Ryan. I'm Tristan. And, and uh, uh, yeah, be good to one another. Episode five. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. And um, boundaries. Keep them. Yep. We'll see you later.